the book of Philippians is such a treasure. And chapter 2 is one of the, the great chapters in the Bible. All of them are great, but it just seems like the emphasis of chapter 2 is so powerful. At least it should be in all of our lives as Christians. And isn't it sad that that we have a seeming Christian holiday in the world and so few people know about Christ? And the more we can let them know about Christ, the more we're fulfilling our reason for still being here. You know, one of these days you'll hear your last message. Wouldn't it be a great thing if Jesus were to come tonight? be a wonderful thing. One of these days I'll preach my last message. Everyone's important for him. And appreciate your presence tonight. If I had to title this, I'm taking it from a phrase in verse 7. Made in the likeness of men. But, but really, if I guess the more I studied this passage, I, w- I would call it the humility of Christmas. The humility of Christmas. Would you read with me in chapter 2 of Philippians and verse number 5, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. You know, they don't worldwide celebrate Muhammad's birthday. You say, well, Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day. Well, I know that and you know that, but he was born. And the whole world recognizes in some way or another, at least most of the known world, acknowledge somehow the, the birth of Christ. Other people's birth, your birth's not that important. Mine's not, that's surely. But yet, his name, recognized by people that don't even know him. Honored by people that do not really understand anything about why he came. And yet, an exalted name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He says in verse number 7, who but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Was made in the likeness of men. God made in the likeness of men. That's the miracle of the incarnation. That's the miracle of the virgin born son of God. That's the miracle of God in the flesh, that's the miracle of our Savior, God becoming flesh for us. He was made in the likeness of men. Can you imagine the humility it took for God to be made in the likeness of men? 
It's unimaginable. He, the Bible says in verse number 6, who was equal with God, made in the likeness of men. You know, before I looked at, where I want to develop that just a little bit further about the humility of Jesus Christ to be made in our likeness. You know, really, it, it even extends before he was made in our likeness. The humility for him to even regard us. <laughs> for him to be interested in us. For him to be concerned or even think about it. The humility it takes. I dare say that nobody in here has spent your time today on this Christmas day thinking about some unknown drunk or some individual living in some slum of the world. You've not occupied your mind with uh, people that have committed crimes in jail. You've probably not been thinking about uh, those individuals. You've not been thinking about the poorest or the lowliest of the low. You've not been thinking about somebody living in Africa unless you read a missionary letter like I just did tonight. We don't think about people that are lower than we are normally. We think about people that are on our level, maybe our family, our friends. Those are people that are in our stratosphere we, that, that we rub shoulders with. Rarely do we think about somebody that, that's a lot lower than we are. It takes humility to consider and to be interested in someone who's so much lower than you. Go to, with me, please, real quickly to Psalm chapter 8. I want to read that before I get into the humility it took to be made in the likeness of men. What about the humility just to regard lowly man, just to think about us? You know the phrase, you know the verses here in, the, in Psalm 8 where the Bible says in verse number 4, Psalm 8, 4, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. You know, you do understand that Bethlehem was God visiting man. But before God visited man, before Emmanuel, God with us, before God came down to visit us, he was thinking about us. He was mine. You see the verse. What is man that thou art mindful? I'm sure God's got a lot to think about. Boy, I tell you what, you, 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 you probably got a lot on your mind tonight. You've had a lot on your mind this year. Can you imagine God? All of his children that he thinks about. And all of their issues and all of their problems and hearing all of their prayers. And yet he's not just mindful of his children. He's mindful of what's going on in this world. He's even mindful of the devil. You remember when the devil came up before the Lord and the Lord said, Hey, come here, Satan. Where have you been? (laughs) Give a little report about what you've been doing. God's mindful of everything and yet he's mindful of man. What is man that thou art mindful of him? I say it takes a lot of humility for God even to think about us. Because look at the verse. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Now, now wait a minute. God lives up where the angels are and man's lower than the angels. Do, do you know that the... The lowest created being in heaven. You know there's different beings up there in heaven that live with God. 
seraphim aren't cherubim and cherubim aren't beasts and beasts aren't angels. That, that's, that's, that's all up there in heaven that God made all them things. Some of them have different faces. The Bible says that those beasts are in the midst of the throne and those uh, seraphim, they're over the throne and those cherubim are underneath the throne and then the angels are round about the throne and God's got all, all those creative things in his presence and you know what he's thinking about? He's not thinking about those angels. He's not thinking about those seraphim. He's not thinking about those cherubim. He's not thinking about those beasts or the streets of gold or the gate of pearl. You know what he's thinking about? He's thinking about you. You know what I say? I say that takes humility. It takes humility for you to think about somebody that's much lower than you. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visit? All the humility of God's mind being full of us. Look, look at Psalm 144. Psalm 144. Not only that, he, he emphasizes it again in case you missed it. Now, now, people say God didn't care about me, but that's a lie. You're not in his presence. You don't know what he thinks about. Matter of fact, he's waiting to hear your prayer. He's... And one day when you meet him, you'll have a different opinion about that or people that, that say that. He says in Psalm 144, verse 3, Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him? Exclamation point. Or the son of man that thou makest account of him. Exclamation. God is so important. Why would he waste his time with little old me? Why, why would he be concerned about what my life... He's God. Probably Mars is more interesting than my life. Probably the constellations out there. Probably the creation of God is much more uh, uh, capable of filling a mind with, with glory and thought than, than my life. You know what? If you look at somebody that's so much lower than you and so much... Sometimes you just shake your head at the pitifulness of people. You know, it'd be like you looking at, at all these people getting drunk this time of year and drowning out their sorrows and get up, getting up in the morning and getting before the porcelain throne and doing all they're doing. And you're looking at a guy like that and all messed up and just looking at And, you know, you're respectable. You're in church and your hair's combed. And, and looking at the way the, the majority of this world lives and their sin and debauchery and all that and vanity it would be you looking upon them and just sitting there and thinking about them. I look at people like that and I just go, ah, so. I don't want to fill my mind with people that are like that. Do you? Do you want to put your mind on people that are so much lower in their lifestyle, in their thoughts, in their actions? Look at this verse. He said in verse 3, Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him? Look at verse 4. Man is like to vanity. Well, then why would God be thinking about me if I'm so vain? <laughs> because in his condescension, his humility calls us to regard us and to think of us, even though our days are as a shadow that pass away. Look at uh, Luke chapter 1 in that great announcement to Mary. Look what overwhelmed her heart. 
in Luke chapter 1. She began praising God. And this is what she said in Luke chapter 1 and verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Look at verse 48. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. She's overwhelmed that God would be interested in her. You know, I think we've got some kind of weird idea of Mary and Joseph. Do you know Mary and Joseph are just teenagers? I don't know about you, but I don't stand up, I don't, I don't stay up all night thinking about teenagers. Now, when I had one, I did probably. But Mary's just a teenager, and she's a poor one at that. She is poor as Job's turkey. She didn't even have, she didn't even have a sacrifice to bring into the temple. She, she's poor. She's unknown. Nobody cares about her. If, if you were living that, you wouldn't know who Mary was. She's insignificant. She's the one that's living across on the other side of the tracks. That nobody ever thinks about. That's Mary. She's nobody. And she's a young nobody. And yet God looks down and he, he thinks about her. And he regards her low estate and he says... I'm I'm going to cause in her womb the child of the Holy Ghost. What an unbelievable thing for a nobody. A poor little teenage girl. And Mary just saying, well, glory to God, hallelujah, that God would think about me, that God would allow me To have this privilege out of all the people in the whole world. He would allow me. Now that came with a great sacrifice. That came with a great great call. But she was so excited because God was thinking about her. And God chose her and God considered her in her low estate. What a humility of mind for God to consider her. God didn't look for somebody in a palace. He didn't look for somebody, can I say this, that was educated. He didn't look for another class of citizens. He got the lowest of the class, the poorest of the tribe, the least, the less of the least, and says, that's the one I'm interested in, and that's the one my son will be born through What a miracle. What a miracle of humility. I tell you one thing. You wouldn't have chose Mary and Joseph to bring forth your son. They're too poor. How are you going to pay for it? How how are you going to take care of my kid? The humility to allow. but, But the humility goes much farther than just regarding lowly man. The Bible says that he was made in the likeness of men. You know, the, the greatest, the greatest low estate here, the, regarding the low estate, he not only regarded low, Mary's low estate, but the Lord Jesus Christ was willing to go lower than Mary. 
as poor as Mary was, Jesus is going to submit himself to that poverty. He's going to go lower than Mary. He's going to go lower than Joseph because he's going to be born into their household and he's going to submit himself to them. What humility. The king of the universe, the Lord of heaven, surrounded by all of the the angels and all of the glories of heaven that would humble himself to the poorest of families. What humility. The Bible says in our text that he was made in the likeness of men. Look at Hebrews chapter 7. It took such humility for him to be born as this child of Mary. But it took such humility for him to just become a man. You talk about these crazy people that believe that, uh, that they can transform themselves into different things. I've not met anybody that wanted to transform themselves into a mouse. I just, I, I feel, I want to, I want to uh, associate myself, or what is it? What's the word? I even forget the words they use. I heard it. I want to, I identify as a possum. Never heard anybody say that, have you? I want to identify, no, no. Do you know for God to be made in the likeness of men is a bigger step than that? We're talking about God. We're talking about God that is a spirit, God that is almighty, God that is omniscient, that knows everything. We're talking about God that is omnipresent everywhere at the same time in all places. We're talking about God that has no limits. And to be made in the likeness of men, to be made like us. What humility. Hebrews chapter 7, look at it. He says, verse 25, but verse 24, Hebrews 7, 24, but this man, speaking of Jesus, Hebrews 7, 24, but this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for, for them. Look at verse 26, for such an high priest, watch it now, became us. Who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. He that was made higher than the heavens became us. He that was holy and harmless and undefiled became us. Became. You know, that's a verb. But became, it's strange. The word became, it can be a transitive verb or intransitive verb. You say, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you should have listened in grammar school. <laughs> Verbs can be transitive or intransitive. And it tells you something different about what, they're, what, what it's trying to say. When you use the word become, you can, you can sometimes use it in a transitive sense. To be suitable or uh, to, to suit someone. You say, oh, that, that outfit becomes you. We use it that way, right? Matter of fact, that means it's suitable. It's good on you. It's becoming to you. 
You know, he's speaking of Jesus. He used the same phrase in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. He talks about, uh, about it, it became him who was the captain of our salvation to suffer and all that. In other words, it, it, it was suitable for the Lord. And, and yes, this text lets us understand that in trans, that transitive sense that, that, that our high priest is suitable for us. He, he's fitting for us. We, we are, he is good for us. But it, I think that, that it's even farther than that. I think you could take it to an intransitive. He, because to become not only means something to be suitable or suited to, but it also means to go from one state to the next. In other words, man became a living soul. He became something he wasn't before. And Jesus Christ and the miracle of the incarnation was not just exactly what we needed. He became us. The humility to become me. You know, you know what you, you know what your life is like? You hurt. And Jesus Christ, tell me how much humility it took God. God never hurt. God never had a pain. And he says, I tell you what, I'll become you. And I'll hurt like you hurt. You you know what your life is about? Your life is filled with stress. You know what? You you go to heaven right now. They know know stress with God. You go up to God and say, are you worried, God? (laughs) Come on, man. God doesn't break a sweat in heaven. He's fine. But you know what Jesus did? The humility of the, humility of the Son of God he said, I'll be like you. You know what? Jesus had plenty of stress. He said, no. Oh, yes, he did. You see him in Gethsemane? You see him sweating, as it were, great drops of blood? You may be under a lot of stress. I bet you've never, I've never, I bet you've never sweated blood. The pressure, guys, the pressure of the whole world was on Jesus Christ. You know what he said? He, he left the comfort of heaven. He said, I'll become you. Man, what humility. You know what? In heaven... You cannot find any weakness in God. God's not weak. But Jesus said, I will be made in the likeness of men and I'll be weak. I'll be weak. A little baby's weak. Jesus submitted himself to weakness because he was made in the likeness of men. He he was made... You say, Jesus weak? Yeah, don't you know he hungered? Up in heaven, you think God Almighty said, Hey, angels, bring me some food. I'm hungry today. God's never hungry, He's never thirsty, He never faints. And yet, the lovely Lord Jesus, He he willingly, He says, I will become you, I will be made in the likeness of men, and I'll be hungry like you, I will be thirsty like you, I will be rejected like you, I will be weak like you. I'll experience pain like you. I'll experience death like you. I'll experience rejection like you. 
I'll experience uh, what, it, what it's like to be spit upon. I'll experience your poverty. You know what's true about your life? You get tired. You get wore out. You know Jesus got tired? Can you imagine? God never gets tired. When I got up this morning and I talked to the Lord, He didn't sleep all night. And every day I get up, it's the same thing. He never goes to sleep. He didn't ever have to sleep. When the Son of God came down here, He had to sleep like you. Because He got tired. He was down in that ship. You say, we, say, we know all this. Why are you talking this? Do you understand how much humility it took to be God that never is tired and never is weak and could never be poor and could never be hurt and could never be hungry and say, I'll, be, I'll become just like you. And that is the humility of Christmas. You know, God never knew what it was like to obey somebody. We're all supposed to obey Him. The sun, moon, and stars, they obey God. The animals obey God. Everything obeys God but us. God doesn't obey people. God doesn't obey you. God doesn't obey me. He doesn't do what I tell Him to do. God's not my servant. But yet when Jesus Christ was made in the likeness of men, He humbled Himself and became obedient. He obeyed obeyed His mother. He obeyed Joseph. He obeyed His boss, whoever that was all the time. Amen. He obeyed the government. He was obedient. God never had to do that. You, do you know what it's like? You, you can't, I can't imagine what it's like for God Almighty. If God Almighty came in the likeness of men and sat down in this church every week and I had to preach to Him. I'd be like John the Baptist. He goes down to get baptized by John. He says, oh no, I need to be baptized of thee. And Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, John. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. You you, you baptize me, I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to take the place because I'm made in the likeness of men. I'm going to be the substitute. I'm going to step right in the place of all you sinful people. And I'm going to be baptized just like all these wicked people in line. Can you imagine Jesus coming to the synagogue week after week after week? God, can you imagine the humility it took to be made in the likeness of men to do what Mary told him to do? And you think your mom and dad's rough. If you were God, you say, well, my home life. Guys, you, you know what will help all that? Humility. Whatever our situation is about our authorities in life, it is nothing in the comparison with God having to become obedient. Unfathomable. That God would let other people tell Him what to do. God! The humility of Christmas. And He became obedient to His Father 
Though he was in the form of God, he took the form of a servant and he washed the disciples' feet and he ministered to others and he submitted. God has never had to submit himself to anybody. We all submit to God. But the miracle and the humility of Christmas is that the God in the flesh, he that was made in the likeness of men, submitted himself to his Father and even unto death. And that humility caused him not just to regard our lowest state and not just to be made in the likeness of men, but it caused him to really even go a step farther than that. He was not only made in the likeness of men, he was made to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He not only was made in the likeness of men, but he was made sin. He became sin for us. That takes more humility than I can even imagine. That he would give himself for our sin. That he gave himself for you. Now wait, wait. What a wonderful story of humility of Jesus coming to this world. But the point of our text is, let this mind be in you. You know, we hear a lot about the spirit of Christmas. I don't think that's such a bad thing. There's enough hatred in the world. But you know what the real spirit of Christmas is? Humility. No Christmas without humility. No Christmas without Jesus being humble enough to be made in the likeness of men. You know what we want? We we want that exaltation. You know, our text says... Don't miss it. Don't miss our text. It says that he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And then the next word is, wherefore, verse number 9, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Wherefore, you know what that wherefore means? It means for which reason? For this reason. That's what the word wherefore means. Because Jesus had such humility and he lowered himself. It was the greatest step down that was ever in the history of the universe. The greatest act of humility in the history of of the world. And because of that act of humility, the Bible says God, wherefore, because of that, because of that humility, God had highly exalted him. Not because he was a great teacher, not because he was a great uh, healer, but because he humbled himself. Do you know the principle of the Bible is if that we would humble ourselves that God would exalt us? Did you know that principle is in the Bible? It's not only true about Jesus Christ, it's true about our lives. The Bible says this in Luke chapter 14 verse 11, For whosoever exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. That was true in the life of Jesus, it'll be true in your life Whichever way you take. Luke 18 verse 14. The Bible speaks of of us 
humbling ourselves. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be based. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The story is about the Pharisee and the publican. You know the story. And the publican, smiling on his breath, said, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I, I'm just, I'm not worthy. And God says, that man that humbled himself, I'll exalt him, I'll justify him. And that man over there that keeps thanking me, he's not like other people. And keeps talking about himself. I'm going to reject that man. God exalted Jesus Christ because he humbled himself. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him. And the word of God tells us today, every one of us, you want the spirit of Christmas in your home? You want the spirit of Christmas in your life? It's not, it's not what the world says. It's not what Hollywood says. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Humble yourself. Boy, there's something in our nature that just curls against that. And yet the greatest story ever told, the Christmas story, is a story of humility. You know what? We want all the blessings of Christmas without humility. We want all the preciousness of a wonderful family without humility. We want exaltation without humility. Just like we, man wants salvation without repentance. Just like people want a crown, but they don't want the cross. We want comfort, but we want it without suffering. We want success without hardness. We want victory without the fight. We want peace without submission. And we want joy without pain. And maybe we would want righteousness, but we don't want it with persecution. Giving him a name which is above every name. You know what I say to you tonight? Every knee should bow to somebody that humble. Every tongue should confess to somebody that humble. God is always glorified. To the glory of God the Father. God is always glorified. When we take the low place. Exaltation without the humility. Joy without the pain. Aren't we a lot? You want the spirit of Christmas this year? We're absent of the real spirit of Christmas because most of our lives are spent living in the opposite of the place of humility. And I want to thank the Lord for being willing to be to come to this world and be like me. And I thank the Lord Jesus tonight that he was willing to come to Mary and Joseph and that he was willing to go to the manger and that he was willing to work in the carpenter shop. And that he was willing to go to the cross. 
that he was willing to wash the disciples' feet. And that he was willing to be interested in me. And he was willing to submit and suffer and bleed and die. But it was only because he humbled himself. I don't know what you want in life. But I know you'll get it quicker with humility. Than on your own. You want the spirit of Christmas? 